is hard, where every side is the dark side of the ring. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Email questions and complaints at wrestling is hard at gmail.com. I'm Jim. Happy Halloween week. Very special week for us. We're going to talk about uh, WCW. Uh, Brandon, hello. How are you? Doing well, Jim. Happy Halloween week to you as well. So we got a show on Friday. We're going to see Pio, brother. we got tickets. Yeah, let's, do let's it. go. Chris, you going to Pio? Can't you can't wait. see. If you're watching on YouTube, you can't see Chris because he's having uh, camera problems. Oh, my God. Oh, what is that? That's why we can't see him. Oh, is that a Dracula? <laughs> it's a Dracula. I will not be at the pile. Oh, my God. For I will be tempting the children of the night. <laughs> Dracula, speak into your microphone. Halloween is upon us. A holiday that I don't give a shit about. But many people do, so I decided to show you my true form. I will give the children candy and turn them into an army of supermen. I will float between Bela Lugosi movies throughout the day. Excellent. With no rhyme or reason. Oh my god, this is and terrifying. I, won't be seeing, I will not be seeing Pile this Damn it. This Friday. I thought you were going to get a ticket. Uh, I'm off this Friday. I got a big weekend coming up. What do you got going on? Come on, talk to me. I got, uh, this week we have, uh, I'm training with, uh, we're, we're recording Tuesday night. Tuesday day, sorry. So I'm training with uh, Hoist Gracie tonight. And uh, then we have like a big thing going on on Saturday that uh, I, whatever. But yeah, so busy weekend. Training with uh, Sakuraba. So there you go. Training with Sakuraba. Sakuraba <laughs> uh, will be in town. No, Sakuraba will not be around. Right. But yes. Ken Shanrock show me how to get out of his straitjacket after this. <laughs> there you go. Oh, boy. There you go. Chris looks very scary. Check him out on YouTube. Very terrifying. He fooled us all. We thought we had camera problems. I'm lit. That is very funny. Chris, that was a surprise to us. I'm laughing because I'm, I was pretty tired after the Phillies uh, made the World Series, and I, I thought about texting you guys and being like, let's just do this later. I'm too tired. And imagine Chris having to go into the bathroom and wash his, wash his makeup off. <laughs> like, oh, this <laughs> yeah. was two days ago, and you should have slept. And I have shit to do later in the day, and it costs me money, and it supersedes this. That's true. That's right. You would have been fucked. Brandon's on a two-day hangover from the Phillies. The Phillies won. The game ended at 6 p.m. on Sunday. (laughs) And if you couldn't get enough sleep between now and then, too fucking bad. Too fucking bad. The sleep of the dead. Did you put in the uh, lottery to get tickets, Brandon? For the World no, Series. I think I'm done. I think I'm I'm tapped out. Uh, I don't really want to go. I, I I might enter it actually just to sell them, but I think that was a good uh, grand finale for me. Nice. Uh, I, uh, so I was looking at the lines. Good times. I was looking at the lines. You know. What lines? The the early oh, okay. line on the World Series. What is it? You putting any money on it? Nah. No. 
Yeah, it's uh, so. if you take Houston, you got to lay 160 right now, which isn't too crazy. But, <laughs> it only makes it worth it if you're putting a couple thousand down. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Yeah, baseball. right. I'm something I don't care about. You talked about your uh, innate sense of feeling when it's special. You think you you think the uh, Astros are taking it this year? Yeah. Did you, I watched a couple of these games? The Phillies had okay. some problems on defense, right? There was errors in almost every game. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I was just, and it was I didn't watch much, and whenever something went wrong, I was like, yeah, I'll watch something else. I watched two errors <laughs> in two games, yeah. and I watched, and I was just like, mm, I'm not putting myself through this. But I don't know. Go Phillies. Yeah, I hope they that, win. Teams that drop uh, basic infield outs usually win the World Series, right? That's how it works. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Against extremely good baseball teams. Yeah. 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 Good defensive baseball teams. Too, so. Yeah. Chris kind of looks like uh, Paul Bearer right now. <laughs> He's got a Paul Bearer thing going on. He the way the light's hitting like underneath, Paul... you look like you got a little of a, uh, a neck there. A chin neck thing. Yeah. Too much. There you go. There you go. Look, he does look like Paul Bear. Holy shit. Ooh. Look at that. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about wrestling. Enough about fun stuff. Brandon had a good time now. He has to talk about wrestling. Uh, wrestling that he didn't watch. Yeah. I don't know what I want to Can talk, we talk about. talk about that though. anymore? I don't know what to talk about. Uh, Starting my WGP title match is, as predicted, it's going to be Kyrie versus Mayo Iwatani. At the New Japan crossover, historic crossover show, which comes up in a couple of weeks, I believe. I think it's the middle of November. That happened. Uh, supposedly the Bucks are coming back soon. That happened. And then there was this thread that came from Pro Wrestling Torch. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to read it. This woman on Twitter, I don't know who the hell she is, but she uh, she got retweeted by a couple people that, are, that I, you know, I take their opinion highly. Um, so this is a quote of, this is from pro wrestling torch. There were also indications at this time, really right after that, the situation would get messy with legal issues. The idea was very early on that punk was going to look for a buyout. He wanted out entirely and AEW wasn't going to press him hard to rethink that stance. There were times when Tony, Tony Khan, of course, would have wanted to decide with Punk over the Bucks and Kenny in terms of him as a wrestling fan and thinking about what he can do with Puck. I think he's not as enamored with what's left to do with the Bucks and Omega, which I don't think we are either, which makes sense. Basically, it comes down to it's like uh, they signed Punk. They, the ratings impact they expected to happen didn't necessarily happen. Um and, uh, you know, he didn't end up being – his first pay-per-view buy was was big, but then after that it kind of petered off. He was making – somewhere he's making the reports that he made $3 million a year, and there's some guys on the roster that are a little pissed off about that. They want to make that kind of money, which, of course, we've talked about this. Like any sport, if you pay for a big free agent, you just got to work harder to get that money or test the market. It's just the way it works. Uh, apparently he didn't make enough of an impression on the younger wrestlers to be a de facto locker room leader. So it's pretty much just going through it and it's saying that he is not having the, the CM Punk is not having the desired effect that AW wanted him to have. And then when it came down to it, it, this was a whole ego push was him having this weird fucking press conference, which we've talked about over and over again. And, um, 
this was all his own imagined almost uh, problems that weren't they were only vocalized then and there. This was a planned thing. He made a mess of it, and now nobody wants him back. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, these people are are born to lose. Um, if only they uh, they could have came up with a storyline with CM Punk that transcended his small fan base and perhaps tied into a, a real feud that could have made something believable that they all could have profited from. Uh, instead, they just are going to get rid of him. Uh, I, I just texted you guys right away. I still feel the same. I just think it's ridiculous that this far out, you can't just fucking get over it. Um, I don't know when it became about you having to get along with your coworkers or being a locker room leader or anything else. This is supposed to be, have an entertaining TV show that, that makes them all, money just get over it. <laughs> you don't have to pick a side Chris, thoughts? yeah i agree with brandon um, i thought we were getting dracula sorry. for sure again. Hold on, I was, I, i'm <laughs> normal here i got hey how you doing i am an agreement <laughs> i forgot i was dressed as dracul cm punk you will never march with the undead. <laughs> Fucking guy. Dude, um, massive ego for a dude that, like, it, it just seems like it's a good, it, like, just like, it, at some point, it's you making money, just shut up and do your job. I hate to say that, but it's just like, like, just, you got a, you got a job. Like, I, it's this weird thing where it's like, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about Scott Hall. And we've talked about this before. Scott Hall, if it made sense and if it was like he was part of a, a, a company, if he was in a storyline that was, you know, that made sense or that was important, he would take your finisher and lay in the middle of the ring until everybody left. At the end of the day, it's a fucking job. If I make you look good, then I look good as well. So this is very it's very strange. It's almost like. You know, I had issues, so I'm going to make sure I get in and come back and express all my issues to everybody and then leave. I mean, like, you know, and here's the thing. He left before WrestleMania 30. A lot of cool stuff happened between WrestleMania 30 and his reemergence. And none of it involved him or speculation about him. So it's like, are you you really that was it? Was he really that important? Yeah, I think that's, you know, and the point is, is that it was he was very important for that moment. You know, it, it was very important for a lot of people. And it, it, I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, his run was, although it was a year, I thought it was fun. Everything that involved him was fun. But I, when it comes down to it, it looks like, I mean, from this report, it looks like they weren't seeing the same financial comeuppance that they expected from him showing up they barely broke a million viewers every week it really didn't change their numbers from before so your fan base you're not attracting anyone so is it this might be an example of young kids don't know who he is so they're not going to switch over to watch it your core base knows who he is they're already watching once again we're doing this again and you know when it comes down to it like who are you going to are you going to deal with this bullshit for three million a year no, buy him out. Especially, I don't know how many years he has on his contract. We assume, like, with pro wrestling, it's usually three years. So, 
I don't know. It's it's very interesting because I'm not going to sit here and hate on CM Punk like this wasn't fun. It was fun. This was a fun year. But the motherfucker burned a candle at both ends, and now he's gone, probably. And any speculation, it might be going to WWE. That's fucking insane. You want to talk about a fucking clown-ass sellout. If he goes, you better lose that punk name real quick. You know what I mean? No shit. Chris, go ahead. To the dude, I'm sorry, to the dude he was, uh, he bitched about the most is pretty much running the show over there. The guy that he fucking just basically bashed every opportunity he got at Triple H. You know what I mean? So. I heard a bird. Brandon, yeah. final thoughts on this? Someone is bothering me because they can't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any way he's going back to WWE. And you know, maybe more importantly, too, from the business side, the guy is having a hard time staying healthy. He's, you know, he just came back from a huge injury and then he immediately got hurt. And in a, a couple minutes of, I don't know, who knows what the fuck happened back there, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They CM Punk thing, the seeing the cult of personality and him coming out, they hit they hammered pretty hard into the ground for them to get anything more out of him. It would require another bigger storyline. I agree with you, Jim, that it was fun to the point that it was, but I don't know how memorable it was. I think if I probably had to say what his most memorable uh, moment was, it was a match with MJF with the chain. I, that's yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind. Um. And right when we got there, they, you know, they decided they they couldn't work together anymore. So that's what we get from these people. It's probably the end of him. Yeah, I know that we talked about it. Chris Jericho signed a long-term contract with them now, so it seems like they have Mox, Danielson, Jericho, and MJF locked down for a few years, which is good. It's a good core, especially if you get guys like Jericho and some veterans like that around to uh, take these guys to the Capitol and fucking figure out this election man shit's done. he must be he must really be a weirdo that all of these guys can't get along with them like even the old wwe guys there seem like nobody has a relationship with them we're talking about punk right yeah yeah sorry hey he's a fucking nut jesus christ all right it was fun while it lasted <laughs> it is halloween oh by the way uh carl anderson double booked for uh he's the iwgp um uh, uh, IWGP never open weight champ, and he's also booked for a show. And they, they showed the, the the Good Brothers showed up on WWE programming. We talked about that last week. He's also booked for a show in Saudi Arabia. Now they're kind of working it in the storyline on on fucking New Japan, where it's like he's not coming up. I I don't know. Is it really worth? The question I have for anyone is, is it worth New Japan? putting their title on Carl Anderson to have him do this. This doesn't make any fucking sense. I get he's a dojo guy, but whatever. Brandon, you got any thoughts on this? No, I just, it's so ridiculous. Like some of these retread guys that is this still where we're at? Can't get, uh, can't get enough of Carl Anderson, the commodity in the wrestling business. <laughs> so much money to be made on his, on his back. Chris, yeah. thoughts? He was he was one of Gato's. That was Gato's guy, right? Like Gato was really high on him. Yeah, <clears> maybe he's he thought he was be able to get him back. Yeah. But uh, you know, who cares? I mean, honestly, there's nothing really much more to be said about it. He's yeah. going from a uh, a product that I don't. He's double booked on a product that I don't that I don't watch to a product that I don't care if he's there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get let's talk to the meat and potatoes here. We're on a, we're on a fucking time constraints this week, and 
I'm okay with that. Let's get done as quick as possible. <laughs> oh, uh, I was on Ring Rust Radio last week. Uh, for a, How'd that go? Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was for a best Halloween movie, best horror movie ever. I don't know if it aired yet. Let me check. It's supposed to air this week, I think. Yeah, it airs this week. So go check it out, Ring Rust Radio. It's a bracket, best horror movie ever. It was good. It was fun. Check them out if you want to talk about, you want to listen to guys screaming about WWE. It's fun. Questions? <laughs> Brandon? No, I'll have to check that out. Did yeah. we get any promo time on there? I did. I got a little. Uh, All put, right. I put us over for a minute at the end, right before the finals. I won't tell you who won or who voted for what. No, don't spoil but it for me. I did a little, you know, brought a little uh, wrestling is hard to the uh, Ring Rust radio program to the shock and, um, Probably appalled nature of the people that were involved. <laughs> Might have talked about some dwarves, some little people. This is, this is how this is how I see this going. Uh-huh. Right? Jim, you got anything else you want to add? Yeah, check us out on Thank You for Listening to Bring the Rust Radio. Those guys are great. Those guys are a lot of fun and they're really funny. But uh Donnie is uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a riot. So go check him out. But anyway. It's Halloween. It's Halloween week. And um, we were up in the air about what to do for this week. It is also our 100th episode. Thank you very much. Applause to us. 100 episodes. We made it. 100 episodes. To make it to one more every week. It's it's nothing compared to the thousand years I have lived on this earth. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He comes and goes. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now a little Bella floats in. And he... <laughs> He's got his misfit shirt on. Bella Lugosi is fucking crazy. He's really haunted. This is nuts. Uh, let's let's get that right. Bootleg misfit shirt. The only kind, the best kind. So we watched Hustlet. Halloween Havoc 1991. We're gonna go through the whole card. I don't know why, but we're gonna go through the whole card. Um. If you want to check it out, if you want to pause this, check it out. And if you haven't seen it before and then listen to us, uh, it's available on Peacock. It's uh, WCW Halloween Havoc Season 3, Episode 1. <laughs> Peacock fucking sucks, man. <laughs> so bad. So let's I was, do, it actually worked well. It actually worked well, believe it or not. I was actually surprised how well it worked when I did it. First, first time, it? turned it on, worked the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's got ads, even though I pay for it. All right, before we jump into this, Brandon, thoughts on this? Have you ever experienced any WCW from this era, 1991? No, the only I, the only time I ever went back and watched WCW was like mid to late 90s. The interesting, the more interesting time of it. This is a you know pretty unexplored territory for me. And boy, did these guys get into the the bleach. Oh, one man. after another. I'm like, is that Bobby Eaton? Is that Bobby? <laughs> they all look the fucking same. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this this was quite the show. So it starts off, uh, you know, we start off, we get our <laughs> our wonderful <laughs> graphics. <laughs> Thank you. This is top notch 1991. Some of the best special effects you're gonna get. Uh, uh, this is definitely worth checking out. Um, it starts off, we get a parade of cars coming in. One of the cars, I think it's a fucking a K car, like a, a Chrysler K car pulls up. It's got fucking, <laughs> it's got it's uh, Eric Bischoff's interviewing. 
It's got um, Cactus Jack and Abdul the Butcher. Cactus Jack's driving. Abdul the Butcher comes out with a skull on a stick, I believe. Brandon, thoughts? I do want to know before we get too too into this. 1991. Where are you guys at here? Is this something that you would have, you know, called your cable provider and, and ordered, or? Chris, uh, I think we we had a friend that lived around the corner that had a cheat box, and I think we went over and watched that there. Is that true, Chris? Maybe you didn't watch it with me. I don't remember. I well, remember I this being the like the final nail in the. Am I bothering watching this shit coffin for them for a while? Pun intended. Coffin. But uh, yeah, I, 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 this, this was like the one, and I do remember. I don't think I saw this when it happened because I remember a friend of mine, the kid that had the cheap box. You may have been there, but I definitely wasn't. I remember him talking about what happens at the end of the first match and right. being like, "Oh God," because it's one of the and and you know hindsight, uh, one of the classic, classic blunders in in you know production history. So we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, I was high school. Did I graduate yet? I think it's my 91, you would have graduated. Yeah. So Halloween of 1991, you would have been out of school. I was out of school at this point. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm old. But this go. is something that you're uh, we're checking out at the time. This is. Uh, yeah, we were in and out of wrestling at this point, I think. I okay. Think got, when did we get back into it? I think we got back into it in 93. When I was first yeah, exposed 93, to probably. all the Japanese stuff. Wing, FMW. All Japan, New Japan, All Japan Women. That's when I got back into wrestling. Because we had a friend, we had a friend that did all the, you know, at the time he was our friend, did uh, he did all the bootlegging. He was like the big guy on the East Coast that did bootlegging. We did backyard wrestling with the guy, and that's how we found out about this stuff. We would get free copies of these videos. Right? ECW. When was that? Ninety five. ECW. First. ECW was ninety three. There you go. Same time. Yeah, it was all around yeah. that same time. I went. I went uh, the summer of. It was the summer. The first time I went was the television taping. It was the summer of, um, like after I had gotten out of school. So ninety three. So ninety three, yeah. Oh, ninety four. I don't remember. Ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. And I got I started going to ECW because they started bringing guys in from Wing. Dark Patriot, Eddie Gilbert's ugly brother Doug was the Dark Patriot. Miguel Headhunters. It was good stuff. Uh, this has nothing to do with what's going on in WCW, though. So anyway, so then uh, we get uh, Barry Windham and um, uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes pull up in a cattle. What are they driving there? Who knows? It was a convertible. Two-seater. Yeah, it was a two-seater. It was like a sports car convertible, bright red. They come out. They do an interview. But mind you, these guys are lined up to go get interviewed in their cars. It's so fucking weird. They get jumped by Larry Zabisco and uh, Arn Anderson. The uh, headhunters? What the fuck are these guys called? The enforcers. The enforcers. No the, no, uh, 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 no, uh, four horsemen here. So, interesting. Brandon, thoughts? I'm a stutter. Yeah, what is this, like a dry, is this like a drive-through interview setup they have going here? We don't really know. I'm assuming this was a way to get somebody out of the match and somebody into the match because... Uh, Barry Windham, I think it is, gets his hand smashed into a, a car door, and then we kind of roll right into uh, what we're doing next here. I think he's he was supposed to be in this, and he's out of it. They said. Is this a TV angle? I don't remember why this is a thing. 
Also, you right. kind of, it shows you where WCW is right here, where they're doing a pay-per-view in like a 5,000-seat place in Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> right. Chris, good. Oh, so I, I just looked up. So Flair was probably no Four Horsemen because Flair is in WWE. Yeah, yeah. Probably still at the time because WrestleMania 8 was in 92. So, yeah, he was in WWE at the time because this was 91. Um, I would assume Barry Windham probably needed to get hurt because he was, probably was hurt. He was injured a lot during this time. I remember that. And it, I, I thought it was funny because – those two dudes came driving in a two-seater like Miata. Like those two dudes should have been in a pickup truck, right, or on horses. Yeah. Like Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes. What are we doing here? Oh, so good. Yeah. All right, let's get into the card. Um, mind you, this card is eleven fucking matches, and they start out hot. We get. <laughs> The highlight of the show, God, I wish I had known this going in because we would have just reviewed one match. The Chamber of Horrors match, it's a bunch of bad guys versus a bunch of good guys with no one working together at all. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, this is really what we should spend the bulk of our time talking about, in my opinion. This is uh, an abomination and and right up my alley, just starting with the fact that (laughs) We have a a cage in a cage that, that comes in at some point in the middle of the match and takes up probably two-thirds of the square footage inside of the ring, just the logistics of this. Inside of that cage is an electric chair, and the premise of the match is that you got to tie somebody down into the electric chair. And then you have to go to the side of the cage and pull a lever to kill to, to electrocute them. <laughs> That that lever is already down. It's you can see the off switch. <laughs> you can see the off the off switch, and it's it's on on. It's sitting there to start the match. They can't get it to stand back up. And there's eight guys in the in this cage and four coffins in there. They nobody can move around. So just starting with this, they should have immediately been like, "How the fuck are we going to fit anybody in here?" Here's the guys that are in the match. So the good guy team is Sting, the Steiner brothers. And El Gigante, El Gigante, versus Abdul the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Scott Hall, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader. Chris, thoughts? So, a couple things here. Number one, I want you to, like, look at the talent on that. Six of the eight guys that are in that ring are some of the best that ever do it, right? We're going to take, I'm going to take Abdul the Butcher out. And I'm going to take, obviously, El Gigante out. You have six of the best guys that have ever worked ever in the ring, and they just can't get it together. It's like they were told that they were doing this five minutes before they went out. I noticed, too, they're, they're all, as soon as any of them hit the ground, they're covered in some kind of soot or some shirts all over them. Dirt. It happens throughout the entire show, right? And... What we you didn't mention this, and I'm surprised you didn't mention it. Oh, I've got things to talk about, but go ahead. The stage setup for this thing is like a 12 year old did coffins, coffins, and and fucking and uh, uh, tombstones. There's a dude in a coffin at some point who pops (laughs) out. They never explain it. They just beat the living crap out of him. (laughs) Okay, so what is? And he's got a mask on, like he's somebody. Okay, that's where Barry Windham ended up. (laughs) Then you got 
you got the what what I was talking about, which was one of the all time greatest production gaps, wasn't the fact that the that the switch falls and that you can. It's the fact that they keep showing it. <laughs> right. And I just wanted to ask both of you guys, have either of you guys ever in your life smoked a little reefer eye? I know the reefer eye camera. So they, have a, they got the referee in a hockey helmet, a CCM yeah. helmet with a camera on it, and they're calling it the <laughs> referee camera, but it's spelled reefer, like weed. Yeah, and and uh, and Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, you can actually feel them cringe through the TV set every time they're forced every time to, they say to say that it's it. the referee <laughs> camera. They keep saying it over and over again. Also, though, the one thing that really made me laugh. Which that breaks in the middle of it, by the way. The referee camera is cutting out as they're going to it. Right. Oh, God, it's so bad. And they have – I'm watching this, and like I said, hindsight, you're watching this match. There's, what, eight dudes in it. As soon – you know, in 2022, as soon as I see the Steiner brothers walking down the ring, I think to myself, under no circumstances – or any of these human beings in this ring, in this match, are going to be able to hold the candle physically to these fucking animals. Like, how am I supposed to watch this back and believe that anybody in any wrestling group ever can wrestle with these two lunatics? <laughs> They're fucking out of their minds. I mean, at one point, Rick Steiner's just climbing a cage just to climb it. Yep. Like, what the fuck is going on? So it was Abdul the Butcher. Yeah, Abdul and Jim Ross is like, that's quite the sight. I <laughs> Just to clear some space, they can move around in there. Oh, my God. And then no rules. No, like, well, I shouldn't say rules. No, like, uh, parameters. Like, all of a sudden, the thing just comes down. At, who is it? Cactus Jack's underneath it. He's going to die. I got to get out. I got to get out. <laughs> He's going to die. <laughs> at one point earlier in the match, they say, at some point, the chair will come down from the ceiling. They don't <laughs> at some point. What the fuck <laughs> And then they have dudes with makeup on worse than mine right now. Oh, the ghouls. Walking down down to the ring. Like, perfectly trimmed beards with makeup, white makeup. The ghouls are these some kind of ghouls. With a stretcher. Yeah, with a stretcher to carry off the dead body. It's funny when you watch it. And then, like, if you think about this, like, you can see. Because people are always like, oh, well, Vince is always in the rear and he's making them say these things over and over again. And he makes them hammer these points home. But it was always it's always like they may say it over and over again when Vince was doing it, but he knew what he was doing. It was always like kind of a smooth transition. It wasn't like this where it was like he, he would be like, like, even if he was because back then it would probably be Gorilla Monsoon and and Bobby Heenan. But they would be like, oh, what is this? These guys look like some sort of. What do they look like? Oh, they look like ghouls coming down here. These ghouls. What is wrong? With, what is going on with these guys? They're scary. They would have framed it, not just like they're ghoulish. They're ghouls you know, coming the ghouls. down there. Yeah. <laughs> and here we have the, the ghouls. Fuck, man, so bad. I loved it. I laughed so hard during this. And how is this match not a main event? I don't know. Like, it's how insane. do you not? What makes you think that you start with this? Because this is a serious company, Chris. This is WCW, and the title match had to go on last. Yes, that's true. Very and I will say this: business. we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot of shit, but I will say this and get it out of the way right now, so I don't forget. The fucking crowd is into this. Yeah, they're totally show. into it. Right? Like we're gonna talk some shit here, but the crowd is into this entire show. So yeah, we talked to Chris. You talked about the uh, the suddenly there's the. I think it's Rick Steiner is outside and he attacks one of the fucking 
coffins. The coffin spills open. Some dude in a mask, who I'm assuming is Brad Anderson by his physique, just knowing WCW, and they always had to work Brad Anderson into something. Brad Armstrong. Or Brad Armstrong. Yeah, Brad Armstrong, and he's got the black mask on. And he's involved in the the match. And the whole theme of this show is there's a phantom. The phantom is coming. The WCW phantom. And at one point, they're doing a promo, and they're talking about the Phantom. Where's the Phantom? Who's the Phantom? Where, 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 where's this Phantom? And Shivani says, uh, uh, me and Missy Hyatt were looking for a masked man walking into the uh, into the show, and we didn't see anyone with a mask, so I don't know who the Phantom is. There's a guy with a mask in the first fucking match that falls out of a coffin. This is absolutely insane. Brandon, thoughts? Debatably, two of them. I thought I saw two of them at one point. In there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Abdul the Butcher, after he gets electrocuted, he then pops back up and he just starts kicking like staff members of the WCW around. He, he kicks some guy in the head that's just trying to set the stage up. I felt bad for him. Uh, Mick He's Foley just giving everyone hepatitis. They can't yeah. get him in the chair. So Mick Foley just has to stand there and not turn around and look because the whole keystone of the match is that he's accidentally going to kill his teammate right but his, but his teammate can't get loaded into the electric chair they go for another they go back for another close-up shot as if the close-up on the uh switch wasn't bad enough and you see that the the headpiece that's supposed to execute abdul the butcher is just nowhere near his his skull it's it's six inches away from his head the, the whole time but he's just rattling around inside of it the fact that, like he, the, uh, the fact that he's gonna die is just like <laughs> They're going to put a man into a chair. They're going to kill him. They're going to cart him off. And then they're just going to go on with a show that has ten more <laughs> matches. Yeah, you just, you just saw a man die. We just cooked a big fat If you man. like that, where do you see Bobby Eaton later? <laughs> this match is fucking amazing. This is one of my oh, favorite dude. matches of all time after yeah. watching it again. It is just like I watched it just like. It's a fun thing to do, and Chris, I sent you that video today of the the uh, Chinese restaurant fight that my one of my you favorite of the internet videos, videos yes. of all time. Yes, yes. Go back and watch this, and just pay attention to one guy. If you watch that video with the the, the the fight in the Chinese restaurant, pay attention to one person every time you watch it and see what they're up to. Just pay attention to one person in this match. There's always something weird going on. They're looking over their shoulder. They're hitting guys, and some guys aren't reacting because there's too much shit going on. Fucking Mick Foley almost dying by that fucking electric chair dropping from the ceiling is amazing. He's in the middle of so much weird shit in this match between the electric chair, the fucking camera staring at him, just looking off into the darkness next to the switch while he's waiting for his cue to set the switch off. And also, he's the guy that gets attacked by Abdul the Butcher when Abdul the Butcher rises from the dead from the electrocution. He attacks... Foley. So weird. Dude, this is amazing. Bankers, you're so one point, at one okay, point, Brandon. Sting just takes one of those coffin doors and he just throws it up in the air on top of Mick Foley. He just watches it and then gets hit in the head with it and lays out. <laughs> He's all over the place. So, you know, if you listen, so Mick Foley was working in WCW. Eric Bischoff fired. Let Mick Foley go. When they ask Eric Bischoff later on, years and years later, why didn't you keep him? Because, you know, McFoley goes on to become like this wrestling icon. They asked Eric Bischoff and he says, I got rid of McFoley because McFoley was intent on hurting himself. And when you watch this match 
and you see Sting throw a giant piece of plywood with two by fours holding it together up in the air. And it just plummets to earth with the force of gravity. And he doesn't even move his head. You can might see where the guy was coming from when he let him go. Yeah, at one point he gets thrown outside the ring. There's no mats at ringside. And he goes fucking cruising into the concrete. Mick Foley is absolutely insane. Yeah, death wish. And dare I say, even back in 1991, like we knew who Cactus Jack was. Like, that, right. that, like Cactus Jack was like, you know, word on the streets, this guy's nuts. You know what I mean? Type of thing. So hey, this is definitely, and uh, dude, the fucking ghouls getting beat up. They're covered in fucking, we, 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 they're covered in powder. So they're getting kicked and powders flying all over the fucking place. Dude, this match is absolutely brilliant. Okay, Chris. This is like, uh, oh, sorry, good. Yeah, no, 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 I got no, I, I, I guess. Oh, and the fact that they, they obviously did not plan anything. They just went out there and they were going to wing it. Eight dudes in the ring. One of which has no idea what he's doing. El Gigante. Uh, eight dudes in a ring and he, uh, they keep pointing out, you know, they really need to work as a team here and nobody's working as <laughs> yeah. a team. It's like legit, like little kids play wrestling in the street. That's amazing. I love it. So good. This Final, was excellent. Yeah. Final thoughts on this match, Brandon. I was just going to say they need like a, if you enjoyed this, you might like feature on the WWE Network or Peacock because I was a uh, big fan of the Hang of the Big Boss Man. Yeah, that's a good one. And this is right up my alley. I just didn't know that it existed. You can also – there's more matches than one in, uh, in pay-per-view history where a guy just gets murdered to to start off a show and then everyone <laughs> just moves on with just like singles competition. <laughs> right, like the, um, the, the graveyard match with Undertaker and AJ Styles where it gets buried alive, which we've talked so about. Funny. We talked about that, how – they missed an opportunity they really to did. have AJ come back covered in dirt. Like, I just got out of the hole. Yeah. Like, I'm still alive. And so they just, it's WWE, so it doesn't matter. None of it matters. We just pretend yeah. it didn't happen. They should have just had him. It bothers me so bad that they blew that opportunity. Right. Because <laughs> it would have been so fucking great. Come scrounging. He showed up on Raw the next week just covered in dirt. Like, uh, like nobody can take me out. Right. Like Beatrix Kiddo in uh, Kill Bill Volume it, 2. Just covered exactly. in dirt. Exactly. He comes, shows up and he drinks a big glass of water. He's like, oh my god, I've been under there for days. <laughs> so, so ridiculous. Good. All right, let's move on with the rest of the card. This fucking bum, bum, show bum. fucking sucks. How about this one? PN News of ECW fame, I believe, and Big Josh, aka Doink the Clown, versus the Mysterious Creatures. How about Bobby Eaton? And Terrence Taylor, who is part of the Alexander Alexandra York's financial wizardry to create the perfect wrestler, if I remember correctly, this is uh, he's the computerized man of the '90s. That's who he is, the computerized man of the '90s. Um, how about that? They're live checking tactics on the computer while the match is going on. <laughs> let me get one First more all, in. This is we'll, let's, let me get one more in, and we'll we'll comment on it. Yeah, go ahead. How okay. about Jimmy Jam Garvin of the Freebirds versus Johnny B. Bad? Go ahead, Brandon. Let's let's chime in on some of this stuff. I was I was going to say on that Bobby match. I, was, I remember when he passed away. FTR was like at the, the top of the list of people freaking out, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is that classic FTR. Boy, they're technically good, but. I, 
give me more of that chamber of horror shit because this has just put me right back in the in the, to bed here. So we kind of go through a lull like almost immediately after that that they have a hard time getting out of. Chris got. So, you know, there's a soft spot. First of all, Bobby Eaton is tremendous as a wrestler. He is a dud as a human being. Yes, he's <laughs> he is involved in some great things. When when he was the Earl and Stephen Regal was trying to teach him how to behave properly, right. that was that was fantastic. But um, and all these guys like all the big a lot of the big time wrestlers like from that were young in that era always talk about how they learned so much from Bobby Eaton, and you could see it when you watch him wrestle. It's not like he's bad. But there's, you know, FTR's attachment. I, you know, I guess when they decided they were going to be this tag team, they were going to do this together. They probably watch a lot of old Southern tag team wrestling. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Midnight Express because they were such a big part of us watching the NWA on Saturday afternoons. But everything passed like 1989, right? I mean, like <laughs> these dudes were hanging on for dear life. What a bunch of duds. And this was some serious Southern wrestling here. I mean, that's what this was. Because the people, once again, were really into it. Brandon, thoughts? Any more thoughts on that? No, I don't think I have anything else on this. This is terrible. Uh, next up, we get... To, okay, so we get... <laughs> we get this whole thing where Missy hides backstage and she's talking about the Phantom. She wants to... Uh, Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, good. I'm sorry. I just want to say, did you remember that they were referring to... Teddy Long as Peanuthead. Peanuthead. Yes, Peanuthead. Okay. Teddy, Teddy Let's Long. move on. <laughs> Teddy Long. Peanuthead. Teddy, Teddy Long was Johnny B. Bad's manager, I believe. Peanuthead. Peanuthead. Um, <laughs> so For some this, reason, it seems a little racist to me. It does, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, he's backstage. Uh, she's backstage. She's looking for the Phantom. She's trying to find out the Phantom. She stops Bobby, who I believe is in his underwear, because he now has red trunks on. Bobby Eaton, with the, the charisma of a fucking toilet bowl, is like, oh, you got to tell me, Bobby, this is Missy Hyde. You got to tell me, Bobby, who's the phantom? He's like, Missy, I'm just trying to have go out and party. And when he says go out and party, he's holding a pumpkin, and he looks at the pumpkin and then walks away. Is he fucking the pumpkin? That's the question I have for you, Brandon. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I th- was that what was implied there, right? He's got a... Uh run-of-the-mill pumpkin he's going to go party with it he's not worried about who the phantom is here he needs to come <laughs> i don't know what else pumpkin. you would do with that pumpkin <laughs> yeah. what else do you do chris what do you think i think we should move on yes uh stunning steve austin with lady blossom who lady blossom is like his ex-wife he was she was billy jack Haynes' ex-wife and chris adams ex-wife she got her way around uh versus dustin rhodes in actually a pretty good match i thought this was a pretty good match this is fun also, uh, this is a reminder, especially in this match, that um, in WCW, you were uh, it was illegal to throw someone over the top rope. Illegal. Yeah, illegal. Couldn't throw anybody over the top rope. Brandon, thoughts? Yes. Stops the match. Terrible idea. I don't know why they would ever do that. That was one of the more interesting things that happens. Um, I think this was a good like reminder for me of just like how important the storytelling was. I had a lot of fun watching these guys. Um. It's interesting for me, you know, seeing Stone Cold or uh, Stone, studying Steve Austin with this different move set that he had. He had simplified his his moves a lot by the time that I really started getting into him. Um, and so the, technically, it's great. It's interesting to see where they're at in his career. But you're like, boy, same was with the first match, kind of 
um, it's when the shows go in the way that that this kind of was, at least for me, you know, even the biggest names are don't really take it over. So it's um, yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about it all the time. And um, with AEW, it's always an argument. It's like, oh, matches in a vacuum. If they don't really mean anything, they don't have a like, why would I watch? This is a perfect example of this. They're just like, here's a bunch of matches and this is for this and this is for that. And you're just like, all right, OK. It was a cool match, but what the fuck do I care? I like that Grandma uh, Rhodes was in attendance, and they focused on her. She looked just like Dusty. Also, both dudes are bleeding in a 15-minute match. Fucking nuts. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, television title match, right? Is that what they were wrestling for? Yeah, TV title. 15-minute time limit. And, time limit uh, draw. <clears throat> you know, the over-the-top rope thing was the... Uh, that was the hangover from Bill Watts, man. And I think Bill Watts... Uh, I don't even know if he had taken control yet. I don't know. Who knows? Jim Hurd was running the show, so it's pretty Bill Watts. But yeah, it's um, because like I keep saying this because when when Bill Watts does take over WCW, you then get not only can't get thrown over the top rope, but you also get can't jump off the top rope. Yeah, can't jump off the top rope. <laughs> so which is yeah, weird. I I mean, like it's, it's a great match, and you can see why these guys had such a long career as these two. But it doesn't. You know, it's just it's actually, you know what, when you put it in the context of what we had just watched before this, the two matches before it, it's like, OK, here's something. It's hard to look at it with new eyes. You look at it like, oh, here's something you get to watch young Stone Cold go against really young Dusty Dustin Rhodes. And it's kind of got some novelty to it at that point. And uh, I, it's not like I'm watching that particular TV show every week at this point. So what do I care? So it was entertaining. I liked it. Yeah. Also, um, one thing I noticed is. You know, Eric Bischoff, in his WCW days when he was in charge, he gets a lot of shit for not talking about the match that was in the ring and talking about the stuff that's going to happen after. That happened throughout this entire show. This is – he definitely learned something from Bill Watts, and it was to do that, which is obnoxious yes. as hell. You get a match in the ring, and they're like, later on, we're going to yeah. see, you know, like uh, Lex Luger, and you're like, just pay attention to the fucking ring, please. At some points in this, too, Tony Schiavone looked like, especially after that first match, like disgusted with what was going on. He, you just kind of see him like staring into the abyss, just like, holy fuck, there's so many gas in a row there, and we just got to keep moving. <laughs> Chris, good. Nothing. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> All right. The main event. Oz. The Wizard of Oz versus... <laughs> The world's strongest human being, not man, human being, Bill Kazmaier. Brandon, <laughs> thoughts on this one? Bill Kazmaier is carrying a, a uh, what is that, like a workout ball paint, spray painted as planet Earth? It's a giant balloon. <laughs> a bo- yeah, a balloon oh, that's supposed to be like, that's supposed to be a giant weight. He's carrying the weight of the planet as it with the American singlet on here. Uh, you know, again, you see Kevin Nash, and he looks fucking awesome. And then the match is three minutes, and it sucks. And you're like, okay, <laughs> they were not using these guys that well at the time. Chris, good. Yeah, I think Brandon hit the nail on the head with that one. And we're also getting deeper into the card. So the Jim Ross, uh, he played this sport there. Yes. This, let's equate this sport to this. That takes on throughout the entire show. It's just in full force in this match. Right. Yeah, this is where you start to see that. Um, thing that we complain about with Jim Ross where he has to tie it into real sports to make it real. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, man. This guy here failed at this other sports and now he's wrestling. 
Now he's a wrestler. It's like, what the fuck, dude? How about this one? Big Van Hammer versus Pretty Boy Doug Summers. What a beautiful man Doug Summers is. Oh. Oh, my God. This is local talent. Like, he was, who was Van Hammer supposed to be wrestling here that they pulled Doug Summers out of a fucking gym and said, hey, you don't really work out. Is this the one that was like 45 seconds? Yeah. You, you push you push a fucking broom around. Go go on in here. <laughs> More importantly, Van Hammer managed to stick around for like five years. He did. This. Crazy. All right, how about the singles match for the inaugural WCW Light Heavyweight Championship? Frying, frying, frying Brian Pillman defeated Rick Morton. It's Richard Morton here because he's part of the York Foundation. Because they were like, you know what? They typed in their computer. You're like, who can really give us a chance at the light heavyweight championship? Let's go with this old man from Tennessee. Brandon, thoughts? Was this weird at the time to see Richard Morton not in the Rock and Roll Express for him to be doing single stuff here? Yeah, yeah. Was it was he a little single sort of bigger? I don't know what was going was on decent. with his partner. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. I thought this was decent. Like I, at this point, like you see Brian Pillman come out and he's move, he's flying around. Yeah, no pun intended. And like, okay, there's some energy injected back into this pay per view. You could see why uh, he got as popular as he did uh, during the '90s there. For the yeah, what was this light heavyweight? This was the first match. I thought this was one of the more interesting ones uh, on the card, just as a wrestling match. Chris, good. The most interesting thing about this match and the match earlier on involving Terrence Taylor. Is obviously Mrs. Alexander York, aka a, Terry Runnels. Terry Runnels. Yeah. Um, what was a uh, Ricky Morton, who Richard Morton, who is now the you know computer uh, anal- analytics wrestler of the '90s, <laughs> is uh, still wearing Rock and Roll Express gear in the ring. So yeah. it's good to see that you actually change your fucking clothes to change your character, dude. I ain't buying new shit. Fuck this. I got enough shit. As you can tell, this show is tough. It's tough to watch. Here's some highlights, but this is rough. All right, how about this one? A minute and 30 seconds. The Halloween Phantom we get defeats Tom Zink. <laughs> and the Halloween Phantom uh, has a pretty prominent mustache. <laughs> and also, they say, yes, uh, Tom Zink was ready for a rude awakening and spoil who the fuck it is, even though you could tell just looking at it, that Rick Rude is now in WCW and is working with Paulie Dangerously. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, what a way to to uh, suspend disbelief there. He's got the only luchador match where this, this piece between his nose and his mouth is like a quarter of an inch thick, and as soon as you see that, like... 50,000 hair follicle per square inch mustache. You you know who it's got to be there, right? So dense. <laughs> so. Paulie Dangerously. Jesus Christ, that guy's still. Do, it's weird to see him just screaming like he's about to have a heart attack 30-some years ago. <laughs> yeah. Chris, thoughts? I don't know. They had me fooled. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure who it was. I mean, there weren't many wrestlers that. There was a lot of wrestlers with super thick mustaches that did a neck breaker and. Uh, I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious. Who it was? It's quite the rude awakening. <laughs> I didn't even catch answer. that. As soon as he walked out, I was like, as soon as he walked out from the back before they said I it after saw the, the match, yeah. before before I saw the uh, before I actually saw the mustache, I was like, oh shit, that's Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah. 
And I can almost guarantee in knowing WCW, like watching enough WCW back then, that they probably had him in no shirt. And somebody was probably like, dude, you can't. Anchor tattoos, he's shredded. Uh, Rick R- Rude. R.I.P., right? He's dead. R.I.P. A lot of dead guys in the show. Mm-hmm. Not Missy Hyatt. Nope. Yeah. Looking good. She's still like, still good. Missy Hyatt. She was always my uh, my valet crush. I love Missy Hyatt. There you go. Uh, World WCW World Tag Team Championship. The Enforcers, Arn Anderson and Larry Zabosco, defeat the Patriots, Todd Champion, <laughs> and Firebreaker Chip. Brandon, thoughts? It's so funny that we picked this this pay-per-view because this is like not that good of a pay-per-view. And here's where it really cements itself as like pretty shitty. We get an extended fucking 10-minute squash match with Arn Anderson hitting a spine buster to finally give us a little bit of relief. As is the co-main event after after uh, 15 things, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> Chris, thoughts. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain here. I was actually amazed at how good this match was with those two buffoons, the baby faces. It was they, I was like, what? Who? And they actually weren't. It actually wasn't that bad. I also we're never gonna get a chance. I don't think ever to talk about him. I think Larry Zabisco is way underappreciated. The guy worked his, could work his ass off, and he was great on the fucking mic. He was great as a collar guy uh, on Nitro. Um, so, I mean, even at that point in his career, the guy was fucking, you know, he also beat Bruno San Martino with a chair. Yes, he did. Part of one of the, he was part of one of the hottest wrestling ang- angles in the history of professional wrestling. Great so, hair. So, I mean, he's, I was, what's that? Great hair on his chest. Fantastic. I was actually no watching this match and being like, oh, my God, I was actually like, holy shit, this wasn't horrible. I was very surprised. I was a little disappointed that the Patriots weren't the super Patriot. So was I. I saw the Patriots and I was like, oh, it's going to be juiced up fucking super Patriot out there. And uh, it's Bill Wilkes. It's the army it's dude and firefighter time. guy. Where did they find those two? I don't fucking know, dude. Who was the fireman? That's Firebreaker Chip, Chris. I understand. <laughs> I'm always confused. Though. Like, when you see these guys, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember him. He was this guy. Oh, he was Big Josh, right? He was doing the clown. Oh, yeah. It's just like, where the fuck? Did... I guess they were just local hands. Southern wrestling guys. It's, I'm looking Firebreaker into it. Firebreaker Chip. He had the gimmick. This is according to Wikipedia of being a fireman while teaming with Todd Champion, who had the gimmick that he'd returned from Desert Storm. Oh, okay. And were billed as guys. being from WCW Special Forces. Oh, well, there you go, guys. There you Stolen go. Valor. Yeah, Todd Stolen Valor. Champion. <laughs> like, this, like you said, Brandon, this is the co-main event. This is the semifinal before the final. And they're like, put put the Patriots out there. I want to see, I want to see what Firebreaker Chip can do. <laughs> Let's move the needle. Fuck. And here's your main event. Two out of three falls match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Lex Luger with Harley Race defeats Ron Simmons with Dusty Rhodes. You know, I don't know. 20 minutes. I, I tried to get through this, but by the end of this, I was so gassed. It was hard to get into it. It wasn't a terrible match, but whatever. Brandon, thoughts? We get an extended... Uh 
Seminole's training montage to start this off. You know that <laughs> that meant a lot. Fast forward. He's That's pushing. How I watch a, that. He's pushing a sled around like this is going to have any application to what he's about to do. Um, yeah, I probably should have fast forward through that, but I actually found that to be one of the more entertaining parts of this. I like, you know, when you get a three pinfalls match, it's just an extended way of having a one pinfalls match. I, I can't think of a time where it went two zero. No, uh, I think once in recent, I've seen that happen. <laughs> but uh, I do like how they used in between the pinfalls, like the corner men of, of Harley Race and Dusty Rhodes. They're probably the most entertaining part of this for me. I um, Yeah, they, they, here is the big example of the Jim Ross being like, football. Oh, and they non-stop. played together with football, US, USFL. Chris Kidd. The most outrageous thing in this match was Dusty Rhodes' jeans pulled up to his tits like and his that. asshole eating his jeans <laughs> in the back. <laughs> I was like, look at this. His jeans are under his nipples. And then they showed him from behind and he had full-blown butt-eating pants going on. Like, did this man... I don't. I mean, maybe he was just like, I'm the everyman. This is what the everyman looks like. Yep. He saw some dude care. in the parking lot that was dressed like that, and he was like, I am the everyman. Yeah, it was Eric Bischoff dressed as Dracula. <laughs> um, also, the weird thing, and I've, I've heard other wrestlers talk about this, that it's a weird thing that they do. Some guys, they were such egomaniacs that they kick out on the three count. Ron Simmons does this in the final fall. Like, one, two, three, and then he kicks out at the last second, and you're just like, what's the point? Just take the fall. Who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, like, I gotta look strong. What the fuck are you talking about? This is fake. How about this? You wanna look strong? Don't have hair that looks like that. Oh my god, his hair <laughs> looks like a fucking Brillo pad. Don't have awful. that hair. That, like, processed. straightened, over-the-ear, over-processed hair. Oh my god. I'm sorry, <laughs> death Death is taking me oh back god, to we're the losing grave him. here. <laughs> losing him. Brandon, thoughts? Any final thoughts on this? <laughs> this waste of fucking time. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was um, fun. Unfortunately, just one of those those ones where it's a slow bleed out for two hours after the chaos of the first thirty minutes. Like you kind of take it in, and there's a, there's a couple ups throughout. Uh, Sterling, Steve Austin, and Dustin Rhodes is worth watching. Brian Pillman, I thought was funny. If you know, if you're the type like Chris to appreciate, uh, you know the Steve Austin two guys Sterling. Sterling Steve Austin. St- Sterling Steve Austin. <laughs> we get, uh, uh, you know, a couple small ups after, with many big downs after the chaos of the, the uh, oh, Chamber of Horrors. That was the Chamber, Chamber of Horrors. Chamber of Horrors. The wrong reasons. Yeah, I'll say it's uh, it's definitely a, you know, a look back in time, especially Sterling the amount of, Steve. and you said at the beginning, the amount of wrestlers that were fucking bleaching their hair out, stripping every ounce of nutrients out of their hair. Just like, hey, maybe that's what was all over the floor of the Chamber of Horrors match. It was getting all over everybody's back. It wasn't dirt. It was hay-ass hair. I, yeah, it looked like a high school wrestling team. They Somebody got the bottle of bleach, and they all just goofing off at a sleepover. Everybody had the blonde mullet. Yeah. Um, like you said, it was. there was definitely like parts where you're, you know, it was one of those pay-per-views where the first match is absolutely fucking ridiculous. So much fun. And the rest of the show is just a bunch of, wait, what? What did he say? What? What? What are they doing? <laughs> there was a lot of that. Which isn't to say that it was bad. It was entertaining. I mean, I laughed. But I, at some points, 
I'm just like, what the fuck? Why? Oz? <laughs> Oz on a pay per view. Losing to Bill Kaz. I forgot Bill, Bill Kazmaier, even strongman Bill Kazmaier, was even a pro wrestler. I forgot all about it. So did I. Yeah. Chris Vandal does. Well, at least after this one, we get to move on to the, uh, I believe, the inag- inaugural Starcade Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery. That's right. I have that in so, my notes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think Chris said also, it best I, when, he, when he said, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, let me just point this out because I thought it was funny. I just kind of remembered today. So when we were talking about which one we wanted to do, you were saying we can watch 91 or 93. And I remember texting. I looked through both the cards. I think 91 is going to be ridiculous, but I'm going to have to go with 93 on this one. And then Jim said we're watching 91. I just said, fuck it. I don't really care. Yeah, I forgot. doesn't matter. But 90, yeah, this was, um, woo, 91 WCW. Stinker, man. When they were still doing house shows and they weren't in W, they weren't in um, Disney yet. You know, this is yeah, no, this is not good. Yeah, this is bad. This is real bad. And these no dungeon dudes, of doom yet. Yeah, these dudes they couldn't hold on to because they were making them the Wizard of Oz. And, yep. You know what I mean? Like Diamond Stud. Right. These guys were young. Diamond Stud and Wizard of Oz were fucking young in this show. They look exactly the same, like to this day, except gray. Especially fucking. Uh, Kevin Nash. That dude doesn't age. He's just gray shit. Nah. Nah. Yeah. When he comes out with the bleach blonde hair, he's got bleach blonde hair. <laughs> and he yeah. does get up and loses in three minutes to a guy that's to not Bill even going to be in wrestling in next year. To Bill Kazmaier and his giant do-do-do-do-do balloon with the what rubber those, band on it that yeah, you what, punch. What were those ones that you sit on and had like Mickey Mouse's head? You bounce oh, on that Oh, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what they were called. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. Brandon. I was going to say, I think Chris said it best when he said you can't start a pay-per-view by by executing a, a giant man and then expect us to get into a, 11 singles matches. <laughs> uh, Chris? Nah, I got nothing left. All right. I have to go hunt. I must hunt tonight. For what, blood? A week of the hunt for blood. Please go meet Hoist Gracie with that makeup on. Yeah. I am. I'll wipe it right and off no your pants. face. No pants. <laughs> so what do we got going on? We got a... Uh... Oh, fucking uh, Hangman Page. He uh, he knocked himself out. He got a concussion. Did you guys catch this? Yeah, believe it or not, too, when I was looking, I saw the video on Twitter. I was very surprised to see that there were a lot of people in the Twitter world that were um, well-versed in how to take a clothesline bump and how to deliver one and how mm-hmm. Mox, it's Mox's fault that mm-hmm. this happened. Or I liked, I'm a big fan of the, this wouldn't have happened if it was, they had a performance center. What? Fuck off. What? Eight billion wrestlers existed in the world. How many, I mean, how many really? Times, like, you know, it's like, how many times do we not know how someone got injured in WWE and they're like, oh, their shoulders hurt, they're out? That's because they were doing a fucking Thursday house show and they tripped and fell or something like that. Slid under the ring. Right. Too funny. All right, let's go home. Thanks for sticking with us for a hundred episodes. If you've been here since day one, that's fucking insane. Get a life. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, check me out on uh, Ring Rust. Now streaming. Talking about hol- uh, uh, horror movies. It's pretty good. Thanks for joining us this week. And join us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. For Brandon, Chris, and Jim. We'll be back here next week. Happy Halloween. Dracula, you got anything to say? 
Dracul. There you go. Fuck you! <laughs> that is so funny, Chris. Oh my god.